everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of Just Chris Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Carter. You're probably curious, Chris, it's been a month since you've uploaded an episode. It has been a month. We've had a crazy month, which I can't wait to get into. Before we do do that, if you have not done yet so already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button and maybe the bell for notifications just so you'll be reminded every time I upload a new episode, which hopefully we're not going to take another month off, but I do have receipts to back this up, why I haven't been on the mic. And I guess we can go back to mid-October, the week that I posted my most recent episode about Fat Bear Week. If you haven't listened to that, definitely a good episode, definitely something you should familiarize yourself with when it comes to Fat Bear Bear Week next year. But that weekend, I actually went out uh, to Greenville, South Carolina to see George, who we've had multiple times on the podcast. At this point, he's the most appeared guest. Um, and I'm working on editing that episode from that weekend. When I had left Greenville to go home, I picked up a new computer monitor to match my previous one uh, because I, I have had dual monitors for a while. They weren't matching monitors, so now we're, we're strapped up with two matching 32-inch monitors. I picked that up on the way home from Greenville, super stoked to get home, get it all set up, and then I got home. We set it all up. You know, we did the, the wire management and everything. We plug it into the graphics card, turn the computer on, nothing. Okay, let me turn the computer off and let me try this again. Nothing. Cables not connected was the message I was getting on my computer. Okay, something's going on here. I, I couldn't figure it out. And so after a lot of Googling and reaching out to people, I came to the conclusion that my graphics card was dead. My graphics card was shot. Um, this was the week, or it was the Sunday that I had got home from Greenville, South Carolina, where I'd come home with the goal in mind to edit me and George's episode to finish the video for Fat Bear Week. And we didn't we didn't get that opportunity. So went a couple days without a computer, trying to figure out what I was gonna do. And within that that time period of deciding how I'm gonna go about getting another graphics card, I made a pretty last minute decision. I was going to go to Europe for 10 days. Now, who just who books a flight to Europe for 10 days last minute? You're speaking to him or you're you're listening to him. Uh, So I booked a trip to Barcelona, where I would then go for a few days, I'd go to Madrid, and then I would go to Salamanca. And I was going to put the graphics card to the side. You know, this is a problem for another day. This is a problem for when I get back home. And I did exactly that. Uh, the day came to leave, to go to the airport, to fly out. And prior to this, it didn't really kick in yet. Like, it didn't, I didn't realize, like, okay, I'm leaving the country for 10 days until that night when I was finishing everything up uh, packing-wise and just making sure I had everything, passport, money, all of that. And I get to the airport and I'm like, okay, this is real. Like I'm actually going to Barcelona right now. And my flight flew out of Raleigh to Newark and that flight went extremely well. And I was like, okay, like smooth sailing. We're going to get to Barcelona Friday morning, have the full day to spend. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case when I got to Newark Uh, for 
a couple reasons. I unfortunately missed my flight going from Portugal or going from the United States to Portugal, where then they were then able to, you know, push me back to the later flight, like eight hours later, sat in the airport for a few hours, finally made that flight. It was, I think, maybe nine hours to Lisbon, Portugal. Made it there. We, you know, we went through everything. We got the stamp on the passport, spent a couple hours there, and it was it was smooth sailing out of Portugal into Barcelona. And when I was leaving the airport on the plane, I came to the conclusion that the airline that I flew was the Portuguese Frontier Airlines. You know, with with Frontier, like you really can't complain when you pay $40 for a flight. Like you paid $40 for a flight. So like you're getting from A to B, no matter, no matter how you get there, like you're going to make it alive. And, you know, I realized that that is the exact situation I was in leaving Portugal and going into Barcelona, but I made it to Barcelona all in one piece. This was after a missed flight, uh, hours of waiting, almost losing my bag I was off to a great start for this trip. So what was supposed to be uh, Friday morning that I got into Barcelona turned into midnight Friday night. We get there, I get to my friend's apartment, we get all settled in, and I got a whole I got a whole trip ahead of me. So prior to leaving, I always tend to do this when I go on a big trip. I you know scroll online, try to find things that I would like to do, things that other people say you should or you should check out. So I did that, and then when I got to Barcelona, I kind of went back through that list, double-checked it, excuse me, added a couple things, deleted a couple things, and let me say, Barcelona is beautiful. My gosh, Barcelona is beautiful. Not many other places that you can go have, you know, the city aspect, the beach aspect, and then to the mountains, and Barcelona has it all. I would say, you know, some of the highlights from that, uh, from Barcelona was definitely number one. This is definitely number one. I got to go to a soccer match or we'll call it football. I got to go to a football match in Barcelona. As you would guess, I saw Barcelona play. Who, who did Barcelona play that weekend? Oh, none other than the real Madrid. So I got to go see El Clasico. Um, I saw the Sagrada Familia went to the Olympic Park. I got to watch the sunset up there, did a ton of shopping, came back with a lot of new clothes. It was awesome. Uh, so after about five days in Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken, I then took a trip to Madrid for the day. Now, Madrid from Barcelona was probably like a five-hour drive, I would say. And Uber really isn't that popular there. So they have another kind of travel app. They called it Blah Blah Car. And after talking to quite a few people, like they're really not familiar with the app when I would tell them like how I'm getting from A to B. And basically, if say I'm going to the beach this weekend, I can then upload that trip into the app. And then if other people nearby are like, oh, I want to go to this beach as or I want to go to the beach this weekend as well. They can then pay to ride along with me. So. There were a ton of options, like ton of options throughout the day of when I could leave, when I could arrive, where I'd be dropped off, where I'd be picked up. So it was definitely very, uh, very interactive when it came to choosing. And I left Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. I left Barcelona at 6 a.m. Definitely, 
definitely sad to sad to leave the city. I did not think I would be coming back to the city. I thought I'd be flying out of Madrid, which I'll get to that. But it was it was a tough trip. Uh, it was tough to leave. And I then got to the car. I, I met him outside the subway station. I was riding with two other people and then the driver. And it was, I believe, like a five-hour drive. We had a five-hour drive starting at 6 a.m. And then we got to Madrid. We had a couple stops in between where we would drop some people off. We would pick some people up. Um, but we made it in one piece. Fortunately for me, when it came to riding in these cars, how they described me was muy grande, very big. So I was able to get the front seat every single time I got in the car. I was able to kind of scoot the seat back, relax a little bit. We made it to Madrid that day. And when I was dropped off, my phone was having problems. Now, prior to leaving, I tried to set up an international plan to where I could, you know, basically use my phone outside of the country. And it didn't work. I, for some reason, like I wasn't able to utilize the internet. Uh, calls barely went through. Texts, no. Out of the question, definitely not possible. So I had to make the decision that I had to get a SIM card when I was in Spain. I thought, you know, it'd be a pretty, pretty tough process to do this. But honestly, it was as simple as walking into like a, a technology, like a phone store, letting them know what I needed. And, you know, it was right then and there that I got the SIM card. We took out the old one, put in the new one, and my phone's working like a charm. But when I was leaving for Madrid, the SIM card wasn't working. Something was up with it. I, I still had to go through and set up a couple things uh, within the phone to get it squared away uh, because majority of the time I was only using my phone when I was on Wi-Fi. So I'm now outside of Wi-Fi, no access to it for a full day. I had to get it straightened out. And when I got dropped off in Madrid, you know, it still wasn't straightened out at that point. And the only time I went to uh, kind of like a chain restaurant was there. Uh, I went to a Starbucks. Now, I didn't, I didn't want to settle to go to a Starbucks because there were plenty of other places nearby to go get coffee, get a nice little quick snack. But I needed to know that I would have internet so I could set this up, so I could make it to my next car, so I could make it to Salamanca and back. And the end goal with Madrid was I would switch my flight to fly out of Madrid rather than Barcelona, talk to the airlines and everything, and they told me that they'd give me an email with all the information that I needed, confirming whether or not I could switch this flight. So I was banking on being able to fly out of Madrid at the end of the week. Unfortunately, that was not the case. So we leave Madrid. I take a, I, excuse me, I take a taxi to meet my next driver. And it was, I meet him outside of a subway station again. I think this is like the default pickup outside of subway stops. Took the subway there, took a taxi there, and I met him. And, you know, we whipped in style. Nothing but Mercedes and BMWs, smooth sailing, get in the car. And I thought it would just be, you know, a decent two and a half hour drive into Salamanca. Again, unfortunately, not the case. Right when we leave the city, we hit traffic. And this, this was some... This was some Washington, D.C. type traffic. Like this was the type of traffic that had you waiting for easily an hour. Stand still at some points, moving by an inch every time you get the point. 
So I was expecting us to just get on the road and get moving. No, no. So two and a half hours turned to three and a half, but we made it. And one thing that I was, you know, incredibly surprised by was when leaving Madrid, you're greeted with this huge mountain range. And right when I saw it, I was like, okay, this looks, this looks incredibly familiar. Like I've seen this before. There's no way this is like just deja vu. And I thought about it and I was like, okay, this mountain range leaving a city definitely looked like when you were leaving Denver to go towards Boulder or go, to, uh, go towards Centennial, any of that. And I was like, okay, I've definitely seen this view. And, you know, it's been about a year and a half since I'd seen that view and, you know, kind of be refreshed with it, it was definitely a good feeling. Definitely took me back to America. Uh, one thing that I do a lot when I travel is I try to find similarities between the cities that I go to uh, and cities that I've been to in the past, I wasn't really able to kind of nail down a comparison with Barcelona. I mean, it was a ton cleaner than New York City. Um, A lot to do, a lot of walking. I mean, that's every big city, a lot of walking and a lot to do. Uh, But I wasn't quite able to nail it down. Like, I couldn't compare it to Denver. I couldn't compare it to Chicago. Uh, You know, I would say it was just like a thing within itself. It was tough. And then Madrid, again, with Madrid, like I found some similarities, but I couldn't I couldn't really nail it down um, like I've been able to in the past with cities in America. Anyways, so we're leaving Madrid, beautiful mountain range, and I had no idea about this going into it, but we were going to drive through the mountains to get to Salamanca. And it's not just like the rolling hills like you see in West Virginia. Uh, you see in Virginia, parts of North Carolina, like, no, 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 no. These are mountains. These reminded me of the Rocky Mountains a little bit. And we went through everything from high elevation, low elevation at some points. We passed through a ton of farmland. And I was shocked. Like, I, it's not that I didn't know. Like, I just wasn't aware that, you know, Spain had this type of, uh, had this type of landscape. It was definitely good to see a ton of John Deere tractors driving along the road. Definitely took me back. Um, a lot of farm animals, a lot of cattle. Uh, we came across a, a sheep farm, and it was just filled with, uh, man, take me back to animal science. I cannot remember the name of baby sheep. They, they have a term for them. Like, everything has a term for them. But I was definitely impressed with all the farmland, definitely impressed with the John Deere tractors, definitely impressed with the mountains. And we make it to Salamanca all in one piece. Again, I mean, overall, definitely great drivers. So, so far, so far with Blah Blah Car. And I spend a few days in Salamanca. And one thing that is kind of crazy to me is some of these cities in Spain are older than the United States. So some of these cities have been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Some of these cathedrals and everything and it's, it's kind of hard to fathom, like, okay, these people have been doing it for a very long time. And it was just, it was so impressive to see all the work that was put into these cathedrals, especially, like, for example, the Sagrada Familia, because the detail that was carved into the cathedral is unreal. Like, I, you can't even, I can't even, like, begin to describe the challenges that they must have faced to do this. Uh, but I mean, it was, it was unreal. And 
also another thing with the Sagrada Familia, they're currently working on it. You know, what had started in the early 1800s was then declared to be finished in or early 1900s, declared to be finished by 2010. They're still adding to it. They're still improving on it, uh, which, which was crazy to me because, again, something like this old and they're still working on it. I don't know when it's going to be done, but when it does, when it does complete, I got to go back and see it because then we're able to access more parts. We're able to like go upstairs to the Sagrada Familiar, check out other things. I'm looking forward to it. While I was in Salamanca, I definitely, definitely take, took advantage of the shopping. Uh, they had a lot of stores that I went to in Barcelona, but this was my last leg of the trip. And I was like, okay, we got to go above and beyond. Like, we really got to take advantage of being in Spain. And we did that. And then I got the email about me flying out of Madrid. And what I had definitely banked on doing this, um, I'd already set up the blah, blah car to do so to fly me or to drive me just into Madrid. Nothing after that. That wasn't the case. Uh, the email said that Swiss Airlines was unable to complete this, therefore meaning that I was going to be flying out of Barcelona. Okay. I only have a car booked to Madrid. How am I going to get to Madrid to Barcelona? in time to make my flight, which was leaving Saturday morning at about 8 a.m., if I'm not mistaken, uh, I had to figure it out because the one time that there wasn't a trip available through Blah Blah Car was this time, was the time that I needed there to be. So I had to find another alternative. Um, I looked at flights from Madrid into Barcelona, and I really, I don't know, I really couldn't count on me making it in time uh, as compared to like what was listed on the websites for these flights. So I was like, okay, we got to, we got to find another route because like I said earlier, it was about a five hour drive from Barcelona to Madrid. What am I going to do? And I'm, I'm thinking about, it, I'm going through it. I was like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to book a train. We're going to take a train. And this wasn't just any type of train. This was one of those, what do we call them, bullet trains? And this thing moved. Oh, my God, this thing moved. Speaking of moving, though, when I left Salamanca, my drive, my blah, blah car driver, you know, the trip started off great. Definitely, definitely uh, an easy ride so far going through Salamanca and kind of leaving the city. The moment we hit the highway, though, it, it was game on for the driver. Uh, you know, what I was used to was, just driving by the speed limit, following the rules of the road, going to Madrid, going to Salamanca. With my driver this time, it wasn't the case. We, we hit the road, and we're cranking out 170, 180 kilometers per hour. Okay, Chris, what? 170, 180, subtract this, carry the one, doing the math here. Going about 110 miles per hour the whole way to Madrid, the whole way. And, you know, I would be okay with this if it wasn't raining, but, you know, no, or with rain coming, no problem for the driver. Let's, let's put it on cruise and let's get through the roads, flying through the rain with puddles on the road. And I'm sitting in the seat trying to hold my composure, like trying to just play it cool. 
because like I didn't want to freak out. I want to be like, um, Cardona, can you slow down a little bit? Because you know, it it was a cheap ride. So I was like, we're gonna get there in one piece, and that's all that matters. And then we start going through the mountains. We start going through some fog, and this is when like I'm like kind of kind of white knuckling it, trying to hold it together. I'm like, I really hope we make this in one piece. We get to Madrid and it's still like the whole trip there, pouring rain. And so when I get dropped off in Madrid, I got to walk to a train station in the rain. And this wasn't just like, you know, just some sprinkles, uh, maybe like, you know, a pleasant, pleasant rainfall. No, no, no. Like these were some fat raindrops, tons of puddles. I was stepping over in the road, uh, trying to get through the crosswalks, make it into the train station or the pretty much like the subway station uh, to then get to the actual train station. My card's not working. Okay. Let's just go up and ask the lady kind of that's sitting at the, at the gate for the, for the subway. He can help me out. She wasn't able to, you know, we, there was definitely a, a barrier when it came to the language and I was like, okay, whatever, like not whatever, but like, I had to then be like, okay, we just got to buy a new card. We have to buy a new subway card. I can't, I can't bank on the one that I previously used uh, when I first got to Madrid a few days prior to that. Did that. We make it to the train station, get on the train. And this thing, like, I was talking about going fast uh, in the blah, blah car, 180 kilometers per hour. No, no, no. This train was moving. We were going about 300 kilometers per hour. And this was like one of my first real trips on a train. So like, I didn't really know what to expect coming into it. This wasn't, this wasn't the average Amtrak that we take. So, uh, get on the train, get settled in. Uh, fortunately, like there was Wi-Fi on board and outlets near our seats. It was definitely like, it was definitely a comfortable ride, like going 300 kilometers per hour. Like I thought would be like head in the back of the seat, but no, like, you're able to get up, walk around, stand. There was a bar on the train. You were given food. It was pretty dope. It, it was pretty cool. Um, and then I thought my world had just ended at one point in the train ride. I'm having problems getting my phone to connect to the Wi-Fi. I'm like, okay, let's, let's restart my phone. Let's try, to, let's try to start this over and get squared away. I restart my phone, it turns on, and then I'm instructed to enter the SIM card pin. SIM card pin? Like, the guy in the store didn't tell me anything about this SIM card. Like, he just put it in, I paid for it, gave me very little instructions. Like, I was told, like, it was good to go. I'm like, oh, no, the SIM card doesn't work. I have to figure out, by the time I get off this train, how to make this thing work. Because I needed the internet. I needed my phone to get to the airport um, to get from the train station to the metro station. And this is like the point where like my heart drops and I'm starting to get super hot because I feel like I'm kind of SOL at this point. Like, what am I going to do? Fortunately, I take out uh, the card that the SIM card came with that you kind of pop out. And my man at the store wrote down the SIM card pin. Oh my gosh, what a relief. Like again, like I thought I thought that was it. I thought my trip would be ended. I thought I'd be stranded there. 
We get the phone back up and running. We make it to the train station back in Barcelona by midnight. And, you know, everybody told me prior to going, like, everybody stays up. and Everyone stays up late in Barcelona. Everyone's out late partying. So I talked to a few people that are still in Barcelona. And I'm like, you guys have any plans tonight? Like, no, nobody, nobody starts their plans right at midnight. Like, it's usually later from what I'd picked up from what my friends had told me. Uh, so I thought there was hope that I'd be able to kill some time there. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case because a lot of them had plans in the morning. They had no intention of going out that night. So I had to figure out, like, from midnight to 6 a.m., what am I going to do? How, how am I going to pass this time? And fortunately, from the place where the train station was to the airport was an hour and a half ride in total. So I was able to kill some time doing that. Uh, before I got on the train, I bought some snacks that I intended on eating on the train, ended up not. And so about 1, 1.15, uh, riding on the metro. <laughs> and there's a few people on this train, and it's only, it's only to the airport. Like, this is a, an airport-specific type metro, airport-specific type B. Uh, and a few people were on the train, and these people witnessed me kill, murder, a full bag of bugles, full bag of chips, one liter of water. And I was like, oh, we're not done here yet. Like, it's not over yet. Take out a bag of pistachios, which I definitely got overcharged for. I murder a whole bag of pistachios on the train within this ride to the airport. Definitely not a smart idea because when I got to the airport, nothing would be open. But I didn't care about that. I was gonna, I was gonna make it to the airport. I was gonna be full. We'd be good to go. Um, make it finally to the airport. And at this point, I'm the only person left on the train. So like, if I would have just waited to be to not be judged for murdering a bag of bugles, pistachios, and a liter of water, I should have waited until this point. And we get there, and it's probably like my twentieth probably like 20th hour awake. So I'm definitely starting to feel the, what's the word for it? I'm definitely starting to feel tired. And my frustrations are running low. Like I just, I want to sit down. Like my phone's about to die. Like I just want to get in there. I just want to get into the airport and I get off the train and I didn't realize, but I needed to buy a specific card just to leave this Metro station, just to get out of the gate. I wish I would have done it before because I ended up having to overpay for this one at the airport, at that metro station, um, probably a few euros more than what I would have paid if I would have just got it earlier uh, before I got on that train. So I'm trying to get out of this gate and I'm putting in my metro card for what I'd use the whole trip and it's not working. And the security guard or the police officer comes up to me, instructs me that it's not, it's definitely not going to work and I need to buy that card. I'm like, okay, running low on frustration, like I said, I go buy the card and I cannot get what I'm looking for. I'm understanding what's being said on the screen. I'm understanding like, okay, I got to insert my card here and then we'll have to take the steps. My first card doesn't work. I'm like, no way. I'm not being locked inside the metro station outside of the airport. Like, we're going to figure this out. We take out the second card. And at this point, like, the police officers, it's me and the police officers, and they're just 
looking at me? Like, what else do they have to look at other than an American trying to get his way through the metro station? And I, I dropped my, I dropped my card, and I, I kind of lost. I was like, I definitely lost my frustration. I definitely lost my frustrations at this point. Uh, would that be how you describe it? Lost your frustration, dropped the ball, definitely got mad. I dropped my card, spent literally like a minute and a half trying to pick it up. I have no fingernails. Like I'm trying not to cuss, and I finally get it, and I put the card in, and it denies it. After all this time, it denies it. I was like, no, no way. This, this isn't happening right now. And this is where it really showed that I was running low on sleep. I put my card in upside down, and that's why I denied it. So second time in a day, I felt my world collapse only to realize that it was just a dummy boy mistake, and I put my card in upside down. We finally get the ticket. I put it through the thing. We get through the gate. I'm home free. Kind of. Getting to the airport. I'm ready to at least check in. Like, I know it's it's really late in the night, but, like, huge airport like this, you would kind of expect, like, some stuff to be open. I get upstairs to check in. Nothing's open. Nothing at all. No stores. Any of the gates to check in. None of that. Swiss Airlines wasn't open. Not a person in sight. I got four hours to kill or three hours to kill. What am I going to do? I end up finding a spot downstairs the airport next to an outlet after searching, after walking around the whole airport, just trying to find a comfortable spot with an outlet. I finally get one, which is like 20 feet away from a bench. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. We're just going to, we're going to make it work. We're going to make this work. Charge my phone up, charge my AirPods. Um, what else? Caught up on some podcasts and Come 5 a.m., I'm starting to see people come to the airport. I'm starting to see, you know, crowds come in. And this is when I knew, like, okay, they're up and running. Like, I'm ready to check in. So I go upstairs, and again, not a lot of people working at this point. Nothing was open yet. And I come across one super long line, you know, probably like a mile and a half long. Not really, but it was incredibly long, like, I waited for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour in this line. I definitely made sure first, like this was the line for Swiss airlines. I wasn't going to make the mistake of getting in the wrong line for all this time than being at the, at the wrong thing. I mean, would it happen to me? 100%. It would be like just my luck type thing that this would only happen to me. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. We got in the correct line from the jump. I ended up talking to a family right behind me uh, from Denver, Colorado. So it was definitely cool. Like I told them the same things about leaving Madrid, like the exact same view and everything. And they agreed with it. Like, cause they had been on been to Madrid during their, their trip as well. And it, it was kind of cool to just like talk about those similarities. It was definitely kind of cool to speak with another American after going, you know, like 10 days, whatever um, they were, taking Swiss airlines to fly into Hungary, as opposed to what I was doing, where my flight would fly into Switzerland and then into Chicago O'Hare. And we get up to the gate, we check in. I have no problems getting my bag through because I was not going to check a bag for this trip. Like I'm not making or taking the risk that I could potentially lose all of my clothes for this trip because of, you know, kind of a mistake on the airlines part. 
We get through there. We get to the gate. I'm running on hour 26 of no sleep, and things are starting to get a little loopy. I'm just like, I got to find a place to sit down. We got to get squared away. I got to eat breakfast. Do all that. We get to the airline. Uh, we get to our gate, and again, I'm home free, kind of. Flight went super easy. I definitely did not take the Frontier Airlines of Switzerland this time. Very easy. We get into Switzerland, and I have like 45 minutes until my next flight leaves. I didn't realize this, but uh, Zurich's airport, huge, freaking huge. Like we were taking trains from one stop to the next to get to, just to get to the area where you would show your passport to get stamped. And then we get to that area, another like 30 minute wait. I'm not kidding. A 30 minute wait just to show my passport and get all that squared away. I'm definitely running low on time here. Like I'm going to have to sprint once I get through. And the line next to us was moving like absurdly fast. And I couldn't figure out why I definitely contemplating hopping in that line. Glad I didn't because it was specifically for EU residents. And if I would have got to the front of the line and whipped out my American passport, I would definitely be instructed to get out of the way. I make it to my flight in time. I'm dog tired. I slept maybe like 30 minutes on the flight before, and I'm knocking out on this. We have a nine-hour, eight- or nine-hour flight. I'm sleeping the whole way. I did not sleep the whole way. The, look, the only times that I was called to sleep was when the drink cart came by, when the snack cart came by, when the meal cart came by. I was awake for that dessert cart. I, I was getting that dessert. Uh, so I maybe slept like half of the trip all in the most inconvenient times. And finally, like, I wake up at one point after the meal cart had gone by and they're like just a few people down. So like, I still have a chance to say this. I still have a chance to get my food. I talked to the stewardess and she's like, yeah, I was going to wake you up. Cause like every time I come over to give you something, you're asleep. Oh, thank God. A guardian angel looking out for me. said, I'll, I'll get you your meal. Uh, do you want chicken or pasta? Definitely got to go with the chicken. Definitely satisfied with it. I don't think I drank this much Coca-Cola in like my entire existence as I did on this trip. I have no idea why. I'd never really been into Coca-Cola, but I, I killed it. I killed the Coke. We make it to Chicago O'Hare, and I'm again, we're we're running low on time here. So I'm I'm kind of stepping, getting off the plane. I'm I'm stepping, getting to the bathroom. I'm ready to get to the next gate to get back to Raleigh. What happens? I got to go through customs. <laughs> I have to go through customs, which, you know, we take a train from the gate where I got off the plane to another building to get to customs. And, you know, what I thought was a long line in Barcelona, what I thought would be a long line in Zurich trying to get my passport stamp, boy, was I shocked. You know, mile and a half long in Barcelona, mile long in Zurich. We're looking at a three mile long line here and it's just like snaked around. So like it didn't look like it'd be that long. It was that long. I get talking to a couple in front of me. We start talking about Ohio State. We started talking about college football and it definitely made the time go a little faster. 
we get through customs, I get up there and I didn't, not that like, I didn't know this, like this was my first time leaving the country, but like you have to report anything you bring back. Uh, so you get a little sheet that you write all that stuff down on. And about halfway through the line, when I'm talking to this couple, I notice they have this sheet. I'm like, wait, do I need this? Is that something that is like required to get through? Yep, sure was. And I, I tell the guy, I'm like, dang, like, what am I going to do? What's, what's the worst that could happen? I just get up there and I don't have it. Fortunately, like lucky me, when we get to like one of the turns on that snake uh, to get through the customs, there's another lady that's working for customs, supplies me with the paper. I have a pen on me handy. We knock it out. I get to get through it. And then we have to go through security again, just like just to get out of customs. Like, okay, that's that's okay. Like, I'll just put my bag through. Like, we're gonna get through it. And I'm looking at my clock and time's dwindling down. I, I have to like I'm ready to make this flight. I'm ready to get back to Raleigh. And right when we leave that area, I'm greeted with another line. A line to take us from one building to the next. Which would ha- uh, which would be where I left from where my gate was for United. Definitely not that long of a line this time. Like we're maybe maybe a half mile long. That half mile, like I was there for maybe like twenty five minutes, maybe. And it wouldn't have been that bad of a wait, but one, it was outside, which I was like, okay, like I'm definitely I'm definitely warm. Like I have a nice coat on, everything like that. But it's outside in a tent with the heating lights going on over us. It's, it's hot, hot, H-O-T, hot in this tent. And I really, like, I didn't quite have the facilities to take my jacket off, take my sweatshirt off, find a place to put it for this, and then, you know, get it back on when I got out of the tent. So 25 minutes sweating in this tent outside. It was probably, like, 40 degrees outside. And I don't think I've ever sweat that much in 40-degree weather, but... It's possible. And we get to the main part of the airport. Got to go through security. Once again, we got to put our bags through. There was a German short-haired pointer for the drug dog. So it was definitely like, dang, I feel right at home. Like, I was ready to get home and see my dogs, too. First time I'd ever seen one of those dogs working as a drug dog in the airport. Make it through. Make it to my gate. I get overcharged like crazy for a drink and pizza at one of the one of the like duty free type shops there outside of the gate. Twenty three dollars for a bottle of water, Powerade, and then like a, a six inch pizza. And like we're in Chicago, I would have kind of expected maybe like a little deep dish pizza, uh, something like that. Nope, a little flatbread. I was like, I'm. I'm not even like at the capacity to complain right now because I'm getting fed. I have something to drink. Just get me on this flight. Finally, they they call for the flight and I get on and like what I'm used to it being like a crowded flight where you got to, you know, wait to get back to your road to put up your bags and everything. Like I walked through this airplane with no problems. Like there was nobody on this flight. I mean, there were some people, but definitely not nobody. And they close the doors and I look around and maybe like probably like a third of the plane was filled up, kind of spread sporadically throughout the plane. And I had one person to the right of me um, over one seat. So like we had the middle seat free 
And then the airline steward and stewardess, they're like, if you guys want to move around and get to a different seat, feel free to. And we had we had TVs on the back of the seat, and it's Saturday night, and college football is going on. So the person at the end of my row left my row, moved to a different one by themselves. I turned on not one, not two, but three of the TVs, three different college football games. I was catching up. We were watching Ohio State play. I was watching Alabama play. And then who else? Maybe maybe Purdue. Another Big Ten team playing that night. Uh, so it was definitely an easy flight. It was maybe like an hour, 45-minute flight. And then we're we're home free. We're we're back, baby. We're back in business. We're back in Raleigh. Oh my God, was I dog tired when I got picked up. And I knew that I would have trouble adjusting to the uh adjusting to the time change because it was a six hour time difference. And so I was like, I can't go to bed right now because it's just gonna mess everything up. Let's make plans and let's go out on Saturday night. Like Let's do something so I can at least try to get back on schedule. The next day, I wake up normal time, take a nap on, take a nap in the day uh, on Sunday, like what I would usually do on a Sunday, and we're caught back up. For the most part, it took a it took a couple of days to get used to it again, but it's been it's been about a week since I've been back. I'm still still trying to kind of get back in the swing of things, back in the loop with everything. We now have a new graphics card. The computer's up and running. We're back recording a podcast. It feels good. It feels good, ladies and gentlemen. It feels good to be back. What an incredible trip I had. It was awesome to see some of my old classmates, some old teammates throughout the country. Am I going to go back? 100%. I mean, I feel like it, it's like, my, like I'm obligated to go back. Like I have to go back. And there's also an office for my work in Barcelona. So let's let's hop on Duolingo. Let's freshen up with our Spanish. Let's move to Barcelona. Ricard, I'm coming for you. Um, but no, that, you know, that was my trip to Spain. That was why I haven't been on the podcast for a while. That and the graphics card. But we're back. We're, we're getting settled in. And I'm looking forward editing this episode editing the episode with george and getting that out to you guys um not ready to take any big steps yet with kind of continuing on um progressing the pri- or the podcast forward but once i kind of you know get back comfortable where i was before i left like then we're gonna hop back on it then we're gonna take some steps forward but until then guys i hope you enjoyed my year anniversary of podcasting. It's been one year and 39 episodes. Um, it could be 40 if I get this episode with George out in time, but you never know. But still, one year. So if you've listened since, listened since episode one, shout out to you for real, for real. You hopped on halfway through. You hopped on around episode 30, episode 35 maybe. Like We got more to come. I hope that my little break didn't discourage you, didn't make you think that we're done podcasting. No, sir. No, sir, we are not. If you have any questions, you're curious about more details regarding my trip, maybe the food that I ate, maybe you want to see some of the photos that I took, maybe you want to see some videos, maybe you're going to Spain soon, like, hey, I could use a couple tips, um, not that I'm qualified to give any, but hey, reach out to me, justchrispodcast at gmail.com, best way to contact me, best way to get a hold of me. Guys, thanks so much for listening, thanks so much 
for being here for the past year. It's been an incredible journey, and I'm looking forward to another year.